That's a terrible call. That is a terrible call. Welcome back to the Celtics Blog Podcast. As usual, I'm Adam Taylor, your host, joined by my co-host, Mr. Tim Shields, and it's Marvel Week. Been looking forward to this one. We get to compare our favorite players to our favorite comic book characters. Tim, you've been taking some notes down through the day, right? Yes, and I know that you also had released an article for Celtics Blog. For everyone who's interested, please go check that out. Adam has a very good rationale for his choices, but let's see what we got. Yeah, hopefully... You're not listening to this podcast before the article comes out because that might ruin it or it might make it better. We'll find out. We'll see how it goes. So how do you want to work this, Tim? Should we start with the guards, work our way through to the centers and kind of throw where they fit in the lineup at the window? So, you know, the sixth man could go second here. Uh, The 14th man on the bench could be going third. Or we're just going to mix it up and go position by position. Um, I generally had it working through like the starting five or the general starting five. So Kemba, Jalen, Tatum, Hayward, Tice. And then I just went through the bench unit as I came along. But you can call point on this, man. I'm fine with it. Yeah, if that's how you've got it wrote down, that's how we'll do it. So we'll go through the rotation. So let's start with Mr. Kemba Walker. Who you got? I have Kemba Walker as Spider-Man. That is my uh, my argument behind that is is uh, especially relating to Kemba Walker's situation coming into Boston, uh, very much like Spider Man came in with some big shoes to fill. Um, he's up to the task. He's versatile. He's a good leader, and he's full of energy that everyone loves to be around. He's a fan favorite and always someone that you can root for. I can see why. Um, I feel like someone like comparing someone to Spider Man, they're gonna need hops. Ooh, I feel like that is that, fair. I feel like there <laughs> needs to be a bit of a high flyer. Um, that is why I didn't go for Spider-Man. I can see why you did. He's got that youthful appearance. And as you say, he's a likable character, same as Spider-Man. He also has that spidey sense. He knows when to, when to cut to the basket. He knows when to come over top of screens. He, he's got that feel for the game that can make him feel like Spider-Man. For Smart me, and savvy. <laughs> for me, I went with Ant-Man. Simply I can see that. Yeah, Ant-Man small, Kemba small. Ant-Man carries the load because he's a small and ants are strong as hell. Kemba carried the load in Charlotte, came here. Doesn't carry the load as much, but, you know, having Ant-Man save the day when he went back through that portal in um, the Avengers movie, Kemba, Kemba be rolling the years back a little bit. I, I feel like Kemba's Ant-Man. He's quirky. He's a little bit funny. Sometimes serious. And he's small, so, you know, it made sense to me at the time. (laughs) I do have another small Celtic listed as Ant-Man, but we'll get to that one later down the line. Um, Next one up is Jalen Brown. My argument is, and this also has something to do with Tatum's uh, choice that I have on here as well, but I have Jalen Brown listed as the Human Torch, um, who is very much an energy guy for the Fantastic Four, gets hot very easily, and when he gets hot, he gets going. That same applies to Jalen Brown um, as a player. Very explosive, I would say, um, as well as a high-flying athlete. So that is my rationale behind having Jalen Brown listed as the human torch. Now, I want to give a different comparison to what I did in the article here. 
because I was toying with this comparison when I did the article and I chose mm-hmm. to go with a different way. So this gives right, me an opportunity right. to air both views. I like that. And it's kind of going to lean on to the next comparison we do, but who cares? I'm going with Loki. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I want to hear it. Well, Loki's a trickster, right? He, um, he can trick you into seeing things. He can trick you into believing things. He's the god of pranks, basically. Jalen's Jalen's game elevation this year and the way he's been attacking within the flow of the offense has been tricking teams into sagging half him a little bit more. Maybe they don't pay him enough attention on defensive rotations. And it's been allowing him to really get to work in a very understated way. He's been tricking teams. He's been throwing mirages. They'll think he's in the corner. The next thing you know, he's cut back door. Bang! There goes the jam. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been that kind of year for him. So to me, he's played the part of Loki exceptionally well. Next up on the docket is Jason Tatum. So as I said before, this is like a precursor into this. Um, my personal opinion, I this is more so just of the fire and ice that we've had talking about Jalen and Jason's games and how they complement each other. I have Tatum as Iceman. He's slick. He's smooth. He's got ice in his veins. He's clutched down the finish. And he's far more vital to this team than a lot of people are willing to recognize outside of the talk of Jason being the superstar. Um, With Iceman, he's a very important part of the X-Men. So I feel like that also applies to Jason Tatum. He's very important to that core and is someone that you can depend on in a pinch. Helps also very criminally underrated on defense, both of them. So for me, if Jalen Brown's Loki... Tatum Thor, the god of thunder. Simple reasoning is very solid. Tatum's been soaring this year when he's on a fast break. He's throwing down that hammer. And then to take a line out of the article that's actually I actually wrote. Like Thor, Tatum is a young king, slowly learning how to lead his king, lead his subjects. So basically, the point of this is Tatum, the keys to the city, the keys to the Celtics all belong to Tatum. Like four, he's a young guy that's learning to lead on the fly, capable of doing some spectacular, spectacular repeat. Moves on the court. I love that step back three he's got going for him. That's going to be patented soon. His ability to beat guys off the dribble and get to the hoop have been fantastic. And when he does get to the hoop, it's thunderous. It's shaking the concrete. If you like that biggie reference. So <laughs> that's who I'm going with. I'm going with Jason Tatum as for the God of Thunder. Next up for me is I have Gordon Hayward. And this is not only just for uh, sake of how I think he fits with the team, but I also think this in terms of looks. I have Gordon Hayward as Captain America. Uh, all around very versatile. Does all the things very well. Uh, doesn't necessarily need to be loud in his leadership, but he is a strong leader. Likeable. All-American athlete, born in Indiana. In the other case, uh, created in New Jersey. Um, Very vital to the future of the franchise as well as a seasoned veteran. You went with the obvious though, dude. Yeah, I know, I know. (laughs) Oh, he's blonde and has like blue eyes. He's Captain America. That's (laughs) No, he's got the whole whole beard looking thing. He's a little bit more cleaned up, but he kind of looks like Cap at uh, the beginning of Infinity War and everything. (laughs) I went a little bit different. The way I looked at it was like, right, so which superhero who's popular enough to be very well known went through an injury 
and had to recover before leading the team. It's got to be Tony Stark, right? Tony Stark had shrapnel to the heart. Tony Stark managed to save himself, managed to come back, build an Iron Man suit, and then pretty much lead the Avengers before sacrificing himself. Now, if Spoiler you, alert. <laughs> if, you can't, if you haven't seen it by this point, it's your own fault. Yep. If, if you can't relate that to Hayward in the terms of Hayward had that injury, he's recovered. Then he had to go through a rehab phase where he was not the Hayward people expected and he was getting ridiculed. He was getting literally torn apart across the media to then come in this year and be one of the unsung heroes of the team, one of the less vocal leaders and has sacrificed for the good of the team. His touches are down, but he's still putting up numbers, but he's still sacrificing personal glory for team glory. And that's exactly what Tony Stark did. So for me, it's not the most obvious of comparisons because that would have been Captain America, Tim. Cheeky. But to me, it's the best comparison because there's so many similarities between the two. Fair argument. Fair, 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 very fair. <laughs> it's also um, factual. Next, yeah, no, it's very fair, especially as you said. Um, very Coming back from that injury, it's very relatable to how Tony Stark came back. So that makes sense. Next just up, one I of them's have... a genius billionaire playboy philanthropist and the other one just plays basketball. <laughs> very, very clear lines there. <laughs> um, next one I have up is Daniel Tice. This one was a little bit tricky, but ultimately it came down to Mr. Fantastic, uh, Reed Richards. So as the leader of the Fantastic Four, Daniel Tice's role is a little bit different with the Celtics, but the way I look at it is, you know, very savvy, very intelligent player thinks and because of the way his brain works and how smart he is how savvy he is um, he's able to use his body and push it to the limits in order to be a focal point of this team uh, stretchy is in the stretch big <laughs> and because of that uh, that's why I landed on Mr. Fantastic being Daniel Tice we go different again I like this mm-hmm. I like that mm-hmm. we haven't agreed on one yet <laughs> I see where you're coming from the stretch thing was good. I like that. You could have gone with um, stretch from Casper too, because that was the funniest ghost in the Casper movies back in the day. Not Marvel, but still. Hey, I was going to say, not a superhero. <laughs> However, I went with Gambit. I like Gambit. I like Gambit a lot. Yeah, so I went with Gambit for the reason that, one, the accent. Daniel Tyler's got that German accent going on. I like it. Two, everything he's touched this year has been straight fire. Just same as Gambit. Gambit touched a card, card set on fire. Boom. That's been pretty much what Tice has been doing down on the block. Sealing guys, setting bone crunching, bone crunching, excuse my slur, screens. Short rolls have been great. Passing out the short rolls has been excellent. Stretching the floor. He's been very good at relocating from the low block out to the corner. Gambit was kind of an outcast, kind of a guy that done the dirty work for the X-Men, the stuff that Wolverine and Cyclops thought they were too good to do. No one could rely on Rogue. Do you remember Jubilee? She weren't no use. What did she even do? What was Jubilee's, what was Jubilee's point in the whole X-Men? <laughs> so Daniel Tice is Gambit, the unsung hero that's capable of setting things off with a bang. I like the healthy mix of not only the cinematic knowledge, but also like deep comic knowledge. And that's also going to apply to the rest of the roster. Cause I did throw in a couple that have not been in the movies so far or have not been in the movies that much. 
Um, next one, I'm going to go, do you mind if I, if I start off going off with the bench? I don't know if we got an order to this, but my next thinking would be Wanamaker, Smart, Cantor, Semi, and Grant. Go for it. Do what you got to do. All right. All right. So next up on the docket I have is Brad Wanamaker. This one was a little bit tricky, but uh, as we previously talked about on our podcast, talking about Brad Wanamaker, there's one thing that he excels at, and that is the transition game. So that being said, what better comparison do I have than Nightcrawler? Nightcrawler who can teleport all over the floor, Brad Wanamaker, boom, he's in transition. All of a sudden, he's at the cup. Very, very high rate in transition basketball. Very, very savvy veteran who's always around, always where you need him to be, always moving around the floor, and plays a crucial part to this bench unit. And this is the first one we've agreed on. Really? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the reason I went night quarter and I was a little bit more basic than the reasons you've given out was simply because after all the years in Europe, I'm pretty sure Brad Wanamaker can do some funky accents and Nightcrawler had the funkiest accent going. But um, no, we agree. We agree. I like that we finally have one that we agree on. I love that. I know that you have a different one for this. Next up on my list is Marcus Smart. This one was actually really difficult because I was like, could he be Incredible Hulk? I was like, no, 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 no. My final pick for that is actually Beast of the X-Men. My logic nice. behind my my logic behind it is is that not only is Marcus Smart a freaking beast, but Beast is constantly jumping around all over the place. He's super athletic, super smart, very well spoken, which is very much the case with Marcus Smart as well, and is also a crucial member. Beast was actually one of the very first X Men, as is Smart with the Celtics. He's the longest tenured Celtic on the list right now, so I think that fits very much into his role. Very cerebral, very soft-spoken, but very eloquent. And I think that is important beyond just his play on the court. And also, if, if it came down to it, I would not want to face Beast in a battle. And the same thing with Marcus Smart. That guy will tear you apart. So let's be fair. I do have Beast as a player in the team. It's just not Marcus Smart. I think I know exactly what player it is, but I'll let you go. <laughs> so for me, Marcus Smart is a little bit more of an enforcer than he is an athletic freak. He's more of a glue guy than he is any specific scoring threat even though he has kind of achieved a quote air quotes scoring threat status to some degree coming off the bench but I have him as just a straight up brawler and for that reason and that reason alone Marcus Smart is the punisher trained in the dark arts of combat Marcus Smart will run across the court and shove you into the stands he'll jump over railings in college and want to smack you up he doesn't care dude he he's not afraid to throw down and he doesn't care who who you are where it is or what the consequences are if he feels like you've done him or his friends or his team wrong then you know marcus smart got your back and the punisher now if you've seen the punisher on netflix if you've read the punisher comics the punisher gonna do one thing he's gonna punish you and he's gonna punish you good Marcus Smart, the Punisher, dude. You know, it's also a funny thing about the Punisher and Marcus Smart. They're both defenders. Ah, I see what you did there. I see what you did. (laughs) All right, so my next one is Ennis Cantor. Ennis Cantor was a little bit tough because I have a couple other picks that I could have thrown him in for, but I wasn't really sure. I think the best one is Groot. 
I think Groot because not only is Ennis Cantor built like a tree, uh, Ennis Cantor and Groot both are very much friendly. They're friendly with the ones they love. They care about their teammates, their compatriots. Um, they are both fundamentally good at heart. And I think that can be said about Ennis Kanter, regardless of what you think about his defense. Um, I think they're both very useful in the offensive game. Groot is actually low-key, very, very, very good on the offensive side of things, doing that stuff with his roots and stuff, whacking it around, regenerating, all that cool stuff. Ennis Kanter and Groot are both very much the hearts of their teams emotionally and are quintessential cool guys. So I had Ennis Kanter as Sabretooth. Ooh. Yep. I like that. Sabretooth likes to jump everywhere, dude. You see Sabretooth, he run, he jump at you. He never just like grabs you and beats you. He wants to jump at you and kind of like use that force to throw you everywhere. And that's what Kanta does on the glass. He'll make, he's just so competitive and so strong on the glass that he's been a plus on every team he's played for up to this point, simply because of what he can do on the rebounds. He's not the smartest of guys on the court, which is what leads me to think Sabretooth. You know, Sabretooth's a good guy, but he was swayed by Magneto. Very much brawn over brains. And to me, on the floor at least, that is quintessentially who Ennis Cantor is. I like that. I also like that Simba the dog agreed in a <laughs> agreed yeah, with he's your been decision. a lot lately. I'm just leaving <laughs> him to it. His, the lockdown's affecting the dog. Oh, poor puppy. Well, going on to the next one, I have Sammy Ojale. This one was actually a little bit easier. Um, I was deciding between Beast and another guy. My pick was Power Man, a.k.a. Luke Cage. Uh, Sammy is one bad dude, built like a brick house, just plays hard defense, impossible to knock, and also is able to step up to the challenge of taking on physical, physical game in order to play against guys like for example, LeBron James taking on guys like Giannis Antetokounmpo, taking on that physical challenge and not breaking a sweat. That guy is built, scary, jack muscles, extremely thick, very, very, very built and strong dude. And I feel like that lines up with Luke Cage as well. Very good, strong character, physical member of the defenders, takes a beating and keeps coming back. And there's another link. Look at that. Semi and Luke Cage, both are defenders. Semi Muscles approves this comparison, and so do I, because that's exactly who I had him wrote down. For. Yes, I love muscle, it. <laughs> the muscles were a very big part of this this comparison. The other part was Luke Cage was one of my favorite Marvel series on Netflix. However, just like Shemi, there are episodes that you're on the edge of your seat, and there's other episodes that are slow enough to lull you to sleep. That's pretty much Shemi's career in a in a nutshell, right there. He'll go under the radar for months on end to the point where you feel like he's at the end of the rotation and maybe he's going to be the guy to get cut and then boom comes back hits a few good frees d's up the other team's best player forms a fantastic partnership off the bench with grant williams adam taylor and shemi muscles approve this comparison <laughs> i think a fairly accurate one at that um, the next one I have up is Grant Williams. Grant was actually a little bit harder to nail down because I think he's got like the jack muscles just like Sammy. He's kind of like Luke Cage in that regard, but is very, very well-natured. And what better pick than War Machine? I think War Machine's got that little bit of snark. So it is Grant. He's very funny, very amicable, gets along with his teammates, uh, has a running mate similar to Iron Man. Grant is always there 
being able to be a part of that defense as well. And like the name says, he's built for war. They call him the Manville. Dude's built very much like Semi in terms of being that strong defensive presence. He's a glue guy that does a little bit of everything very well and is included in that group of core players. And this is the one I chose based for? Mm. Did you know that when you said you knew? No, I had I had a gut feeling. I mean, it's funny that I was like, oh, yeah, Beast. And that was kind of like the one I was like leaning towards. But I was like, nah, smart lines up with Beast. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> so the reason I've done it with Beast, and I'll tell you this right now to make sense. So the reason I had him as Beast is because super intelligent, like ridiculously high IQ on the floor, came in and made an instant impact due to the fact that he knew where to plug into the system. Beast could not shut up, apparently from... Even when when I interviewed Gordon Hayward? Flex, flex. <laughs> yeah, flex, flex. Grant Williams is the most talkative rookie that any of these guys have ever been around. Constantly spouting off whatever comes to his mind with no filter at all. It's exactly like Beast. Beast just wants to talk, although there's a huge difference in what they want to talk about. But that's who I got. That's who I got. Grant is what we all hoped Jared Sullinger would be if Grant can learn to grab the boards a bit better. Mm. Fingers crossed on that one, because I love Jared Sullinger. But that being said, moving on to Carson Edwards. Carson Edwards was actually a little bit harder to nail down. I kind of was leaning towards Human Torch, because when he gets going, he gets hot. But we also haven't really seen that during the regular season. We saw that during the summer league, so that was kind of a little bit of a stretch That being said, I also did use the Ant-Man comparison. Small but mighty, capable of having offensive spurts at his times. Um, But that being said, I want to hear your pick on this because we kind of covered a little bit of the Ant-Man powers in terms of how it relates to Kemba, but I want to see what you labeled Carson as. Carson Edwards, I was looking for somebody that could disappear, for somebody that, you know, just goes under the radar, and I couldn't think of the guy's name. I kept wanting to go with the Invisible Man, but I'm pretty sure the Invisible Man, as far as I remember, is not a Marvel character. I don't think so. I don't think so. So Carson Edwards was actually the one I struggled with the most because I needed somebody that goes invisible or... Sue Storm. Maybe Sue Storm. It could be Sue Storm, but then we're just insulting him by comparing him to some random woman. Oh, Sue Storm's not no random woman. She's a very accomplished scientist. How dare you? (laughs) So Sue Storm is the one that I can't think of. Sue Storm. (laughs) Uh, I can't think of a comparison for Carson Edwards because I can't get one that brings what I want to say about him to make sense. Does that make sense? It does, actually. The fact that it does not make sense makes sense. <laughs> I think with Carson, That's it's like hard to nail down. That's season here. What doesn't make yeah. sense actually makes sense. Yeah, because you, you kind of had this prelude in going into this whole thing. You, you've got this idea of what he should be, and then it just really hasn't translated to the court in the way you wanted it to. So he kind of just disappeared out of the rotation entirely. Exactly. I haven't seen him in months. Who you got next? All right, next one I got was Javante Green. This one, I, okay, so I actually had Iron Man for a second because I was thinking about, oh, yeah, he's got the hops. Iron Man can get real high up there, um, is able to repulse, use his repulsor technology to get off the floor and do his thing. But another one I'm landing towards is Falcon. Falcon because high, high flying, very smart, very savvy player, 
um, takes advantages of those situations in a transition, gets up when he can, throwing down some thunderous dunks, and also pairs very well with the unit that they've got right there on the second floor. So for Javante, I had the guy from Fantastic Four who was a flame on. You know what I mean? Human Torch. That's it, my God. Can get hot in a moment's notice, can just absolutely light up the highlight reel, put guys on a poster just because that's what he wants to do in that moment in time. Is all offense, just complete offense, no defense, doesn't care about what else is going on. All he knows is he's got the ball, so he has to jam it so hard that you can feel it in Taiwan. That's who Javante Green is. He's the human torch, and there is no comparison. There is no discussion because that's what I'm sticking with. I like that. It's a very good analogy. I like the whole feeling inside one bit. That's very nice. <laughs> Emphatic. Emphatic. My next one on the docket would be Rob Williams, aka Time Lord. And I feel like this was the most obvious comparison. If you guys haven't seen the GIFs people have put together and edited together with Rob Williams' face on said character, you should look it up. I think it's very cool. Rob Williams is Dr. Strange. He's he's Dr. Strange. He's able to manipulate time. He's a lord of time, one would say, a master of time. He's always there to help. He's got those – Dr. Strange has got those little blocking shield things he does with his hands. I feel like Rob Williams is also a master of blocking, very good defense. Very smart and savvy when he puts in the effort and very crucial part of that unit. I also think very fitting with the Marvel Universe as well as the future of the Celtics. Both have a big part in the future if they live up to that expectation. And that is my logic between Time Lord also being Doctor Strange. I like it. I like it. Time Lord for me was again Doctor Strange. That's our third agreement. Simply yeah. because Doctor Strange can control time and we call him the Time Lord. I have Very, no... It's fitting, man. That's... <laughs> I just have no other reasoning behind it other than simply, he's the Time Lord, Doctor Strange is the Lord of Time. How much more, can, how much more do you need from him? Really? How much more? Should post a, post a gift of that later. The gift of him doing the whole... When like Doctor Strange does the whole time manipulation and he creates all those clones when he's fighting Thanos when they're on Titan in Infinity War, they did like an edit of that and it's Rob Williams and it's fantastic. All right. My next one, I have Vincent Poirier. That was actually a little bit harder. Uh, I also went with someone who had an accent who I also kind of feel like summarizes it up. Colossus of the X-Men. I feel like Colossus doesn't get really that much love lately. He's been getting some love in the Deadpool movies, but I guess there's not really mainstream MCU. So that's a whole different thing to cover, but I feel like they kind of summarize that. The big guy who comes in, he does the dirty work. We haven't really seen too much of Vincent Poirier as of late. And to be honest, based on the whole MCU thing, we really haven't seen much of Colossus outside of the Deadpool movies. And I think he deserves a little bit more love than he gets. I agree to a first level. (laughs) I'm just not sure if... I don't think I got this deep in the rotation, to be quite fair. Well, on the fly, who would, who would your pick for Vincent Poirier be? I like this. We're in uncharted territory. <laughs> for Vincent Poirier? Yeah! <laughs> I don't even think I'd bother comparing him to anybody. He was just so far off my radar for this. Is Colossus far off your radar? No, Colossus isn't far off my radar. I can see that. But it's going to have to be someone a little bit different. 
Who would it be? I'm thinking maybe Hindor. Hindor? Yeah. Keeper of the Bifrost. Oh, yeah. Heimdall. Heimdall. That's it. That's what I said. Oh, yeah. I went Hodor, Heimdall. <laughs> Heimdall was pretty cool. I want to hear the logic behind that. He does absolutely nothing. He sits there watching all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Vinny Sex Pants deserves better. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think that's like a perfect, um, a perfect analogy, dude. He's like, oh, yeah, crazy stuff is happening. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Can somebody else go and deal with this, please? <laughs> hey, guys, you're, uh, there's something going on. You should go handle it. <laughs> oh, look, he dunked. Um, Kanta, can you go grab the rebound, please? I'm not up to it. Thanks. Appreciate it, my guy. <laughs> that being said, I have Romeo Langford. This was actually a really hard one, and it's it's hard for me to exactly nail down, but I ended up saying Hawkeye. My rationale oh, between you that took is it from me, man. Wait, did you have Romeo as Hawkeye? I had him as Hawkeye. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's awesome. We had like four random picks that ended up lining up perfectly. My logic behind it is. Hawkeye and Romeo both have great offensive potential. Hawkeye a little bit more recognized than others. It's very fast, very savvy, um, very snarky. I think Romeo kind of gets along with his teammates very well. Hawkeye also does that. He has a lot of great lines. He's low-key one of the better written characters in the Marvel movies I've felt so far. But very, very crucial to the future of this team. I don't know how much that applies to the MC universe with Hawkeye, but... That being said, I think they could both be dead shots, especially if Romeo gets to develop his chance and get a little bit more time in that rotation, see what he can do with his potential offensively. Yeah, I had it as uh, Do you remember? Have you ever seen, actually, not even do you remember, have you seen the actor that played Hawkeye on, um, on YouTube sing the song about being like a hero too? No. Have you not seen it? Okay. I'll, no, I'll, no. I'll I send, love Jeremy Renner though. So <laughs> I'll send you the, um, the clip once we're done here and then I'll tweet, I'll put it in the comments section of this podcast tomorrow. But, um, he does like a whole bit where he's like, I'm super too. He's like, he's not just human. He actually has like special powers. And, mm. um, I'm assuming it's like pinpoint accuracy and fast, whatever it may be. But I'm like, I can imagine Romeo Langford singing that too. I'm professional too. I can score on you. When the <laughs> is closing in, I will spin and try to win. Like, um, so you see what I'm saying, right? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm from Indiana, where bored is life. And when I'm 25, I might score a wife. Ah, oh, no, dude, I'm freestyling here. It's not exactly written. That was actually brilliant freestyle, to be quite honest. Yeah, love you that. Know. Love those lyrics. Oh, yeah, that was good. Okay, so I have Taco Fall, and I know this is going to be like an interesting one for you, but I actually had Giant Man. So in the comics, we've seen a little bit of it in the MCU with Ant Man going big, but in the comics, originally, um, when Hank Pym wore the Ant Man suit at eventually he developed a way for giant man to be a full on thing. So he was giant man whenever he was being a superhero. So giant man became its own separate persona. I think with taco fall, I feel like that's pretty, pretty easy. Why to see how I made that connection there with the whole giant thing. Um, 
Giant Man being a crucial part of establishing that ridiculous size that nobody can match, taking advantage of his size and being able to impact the game in his own way. I like it. But... (laughs) I don't think that's who I would have chose. Well, let's hear it. I could see it also being like Mr. Fantastic because of the stretchiness. But I don't know how else I would think. I mean, if I hadn't already said Groot, I think Groot would also be a good choice. Groot I feel like was he's a very my original guy. choice for him. But I'm, I love Groot and I'm really low on Tucker. That's also fair. I think that's a fair assessment. So maybe Baby make. Groot, actually. Baby Groot. Potential to be good. To potential, potential to poten- be great. Yeah, like potential to be otherworldly good. But in reality, it's probably too little too late. I mean, that makes me a little sad. Me too. Well, anyway, that comes to the last couple of people because I also do have a comparison with Brad Stevens, but I'll save that for last. And I feel like that one's also very self-explanatory. My last one I have on here for players would be Tremont Waters. And I had Quicksilver. My logic behind that is that he's fast. Uh, he's not often talked about, but he has great potential on this team. Terms of how he plays, he's fast, he's sneaky, he gets those steals. Loki, very, very good offensively, and whenever he comes into the equation, he's immediately an impact. That applies to Tremont Waters when we've had him up playing with the Celtics. He's always managed to make an impact. Is very passionate, clearly impacts the play on the floor, and is someone that people want to see more of. Very much like with the MCU, we've only seen Quicksilver, at least in the main MCU, once and only once due to everything. There's actually a cool story behind that. Uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson, I think is the name of the actor. He didn't want to sign on for more Marvel movies. And that's why they killed Quicksilver off in age of Ultron. Also, if you haven't seen age of Ultron already, then whoops. Yeah. Sorry. Quicksilver dies. I went with silver surfer. Cause mm. he puts guys on skates. Ooh, I like that. Analogy. Ooh, that's it. That's literally the whole comparison puts you on skates. That also makes sense. I could see that. I could see it. I could see it. I like the energy. Oh, also true. Yeah, energy. Big energy guy, both of them. My last one, of course, is going to be Brad Stevens. And I feel like this one's pretty self-explanatory due to the great basketball mind that is Brad Stevens. Very brainy, very cerebral, very smart, thinks through all of his plans, is a leader, established a strong core of players with the Celtics, managed to figure out how all the pieces fit together in order to try and – Um, exponentially take advantage of people's strengths, highlight their strengths, limit their weaknesses. That goes with Professor X. I had Odin, the overseer. Hmm. I also like that. You got four Loki and Odin all on the same roster. Stacked. And now I've got one that's not Celtics related. Mm -hmm. LeBron James is Thanos. Yeah. Snip snap. Got all them stones. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. Looks. Yeah, ciao. <laughs> and Steph Curry for me was vision. Yeah, that fits in a lot of ways, doesn't it? Yeah. I wish we could do more across the board in terms of other player comparisons with other teams and stuff. It is what it is, fam. It is what it is. So that pretty much wraps us up, guys, for the Marvel episode of the Celtics Blog Podcast. It's been fun. It's been interesting. I've been hyped. <laughs> You even got to hear me freestyle a sing-song about Romeo Langford. You didn't want to hear that. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, it was the content you didn't know you needed until you received it. Amen to that. Yes, sir. 
Okay, guys, we'll be back again on Friday where we're joined by our boy, our homie, our third co-host that sometimes makes an appearance, sometimes he doesn't, Mr. Brendan Nunes. Brendan's going to be playing the part of the King's expert because that's who Brendan primarily covers. So I'd hope at this point, after years of doing it, he can call himself somewhat of an expert on the Kings. If not, I'd say so. If not, he's doing it wrong. And we're going to be looking at the Kings draft picks and who they're going to be picking. And this is going to start. That means then we will have the three Celtics picks and the Kings picks, Kings pick or picks filled out on our draft big board, ready to go next week where we're going to take three or four more teams and get their people, their covers to help again and add them to our big board until we've got a complete big board and we can give you a mock draft. So without further ado, we will leave you to get on with the rest of your day. Feel free to rewind and listen to that free start again. You know you really want to. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll catch you again tomorrow. Peace. Later. Hold on. Yeah, tomorrow. What day is tomorrow? It's tomorrow Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll catch you again tomorrow. Yeah, because tomorrow will be Friday when you listen to this. See what we did there? We got it right. Boom. Bye. Yee. (laughs)